Hello and welcome. I don't know about you, but I love to talk and talk I must with everybody, anybody, anywhere. Have you really stopped to talk? And I mean really talk with your family and friends. Do you know what their dreams are? Do you know what they are up to these days? Well, I'm chatting with my friends and people from all walks of life to discover what makes them tick. Join me as I uncover some truths and some stories. I'm Hira and you're listening to Crossleg with Hira Mehta. Let me tell you about Shraddha. So today I have with me Shraddha Shringarpure. Shraddha and her husband Rahul Tivrekar are a beautiful couple. They live and breathe Mokhada and you know I've had the honor of meeting them. I've gone to Mokhada twice to distribute notebooks over there to the tribal children and both of them are doing amazing work. and so i'm very happy to be talking to shraddha today hi shraddha hi hi hirama how are you doing shraddha i'm fine i'm fine thank you so much thank you for the platform also <laughs> it's very nice it's, to see you all right it's always an honor to be speaking to you you know shraddha because the work that you do you know it really inspires me and you know thanks to friends i have been associated with your uh work in a very small way by coming to distribute notebooks to mokhada and i've met you there where we yes. distributed these notebooks to the tribal children and we met you and what uh, mehman nawazi in a very simple and beautiful way you know so thank you for that you're most welcome any time <laughs> in fact we are waiting this year we couldn't do the drive because of the pandemic uh but there are a host of other things that we have done and i'm sure that we'll be talking about it uh throughout the throughout the time you've not done a host of things shraddha you've done so much of good work that you know i can it's impossible now to count it you know it you just have to feel it now so i'm going to start by asking you that you are from a family of freedom fighters so when somebody says freedom fighters i always want to know more so share a little about your background it is a uh, uh, really interesting to have uh, your own grandmother and grandfather as uh, freedom fighters because then you uh, get the whole inspiration to work for your people from your house itself and you have your heroes in your house you know so when you are reading anything um, uh, about the country it's something that is being told to you in the form of stories what are real stories for you so um, i remember my grandmother who was not very much educated but she knew the words like picketing you know picketing in front of liquor shops and you know so she has done all of it she has led the prabhat feries my grandfather had led the prabhat feries i have not seen my grandfather but he is so much alive with me uh, like my so my granny actually made that happen uh, for for us and uh, the most important part is that actually that somewhere ignited uh, the need for me to look at how i can also serve my country in whatever little way i can but that's yeah. beautiful because you uh, as you said your grandmother must have told you so many stories and you know it is stories that actually help us to understand a lot Very more and i always say you know that stories told are remembered better than lessons yeah. taught to us you know That's isn't true. it That if somebody true. says you have to do this it's very difficult for somebody to do that but if somebody tells you a story it yeah. remains with you forever and you get ignited by that story 
You're yeah. very lucky. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you'll have lovely stories to tell. But uh, I don't know if you remember any of the stories that uh, you can possibly share. A small uh, no. one. If- what inspired me always was the way of communication so this is not really to do but she always was uh, uh, was very much charged up when she talked about the prabhat ferries that were taken out early in the morning protesting against the british rule having slogans you know how they used to um, uh, you know get the messages and even my grandfather was even jailed so how she spent that period which was very difficult for her to you know actually cope up with but uh, the fact that she won she, uh, she was also a part of the freedom movement the uh, the uh, the kind of uh, uh, you know strength that she displayed at that time with her kids and so that is marvelous uh, to even uh, remember uh, but you know uh, uh, they had a love marriage there my grandfather and my grandmother so so that was very interesting like in the days of you know whatsapp now to we can whatsapp and so how they used to communicate when they both used to lead the prabhat ferries that is something i always cherish to you know so when there is a connection the communication is not a issue you know that is what i have always taken as a message that the language barriers the mode of communication is actually uh, not important it is only how you connect with people mm-hmm. and i think she has taught me uh, that in a very uh, very subtle way that if you can connect you can communicate it any any ways you know so that's that's really interesting <laughs> that's beautiful you know and give me something for people who do not understand what is the prabhat uh, ferries uh, yeah okay. can you in, yeah. Uh, can you tell in a few lines what exactly was that uh, period because see today the youngsters will not remember that part of the of course, story yeah. you know in fact uh, yeah uh, yeah i understand and uh, you know right now uh protest we are staying in a age where you know maybe protest is uh, looked upon as very anti national thankfully that was the same condition over there a few years back when we protested against the government uh, uh, protested against the british government and we were considered as anti national so so the protest is to be peaceful okay the uh, the display of strength in numbers was made through prabhat ferries and uh, prabhat ferry is a morning uh, uh, you know walk uh, by a group of people giving out slogans telling the british raj that we don't want you we don't want uh, some laws we don't want some policies and that was told in a very uh, peaceful uh, manner and i think that the right of protest that's why it became a very integrated integral part of our constitution also because that's how we have won our freedom and uh, right to protest but protest in the right way and that's what they did you know and today yeah. sadly we take our protests a little uh, off track sometimes which is a little sad but i guess to each his yeah. or her own you know you can't uh, you can't yeah. always say what is right or what is wrong uh, well, so you worked for almost 10 years for the district of mokhara before yeah. you actually set up digan swaraj foundation what yeah. made you uh, set up a foundation and what does your foundation do uh, so we started uh, uh, like i and rahul both started working in mukhara when we were 22 years old and i always like this fact that we were very young when we took that decision and uh, what is important is that we stuck to it. um we were aspirants of uh, upsc we really wanted to uh, get through uh, uh, the uh, competitive exams both of us 
and we had a hidden agenda we wanted to understand the rural uh, economy the rural social uh, political conditions so that you know we can do something good even after passing uh, our exams um but then uh, there came some points where we reflected and we thought that we want to continue working in mukhada and uh, the the reason for this was the people over there Uh, obviously the extreme poverty uh, that you see in mukhada or uh, the water scarcity you know like we, we use this words very um, very frequently that water scarcity hai you know ya yeah, uh, garibi hai now what is a garibi you know so i have i have experienced it to th- stories again like life stories for me you know so i i remember bhaskar vanofa farmer telling me that uh, his father was admitted in the hospital it was around 9 kilometers away from his house and his only work was to walk down till the hospital uh, get uh, by uh, so his mother used to cook food take that food to the father again come back walking again take the afternoon lunch because he had no money to spend for a st uh, uh, bus or a pickup you know that is a very minimal transport thing so you experience this uh, when you talk to people or i i know a, i know a farmer which is very close to mukhada who who has walked from pune till mukhada because he had no money so that's a long has, distance no that's a long distance so when you hear such stories you then you don't define poverty into you know people who don't you know like the bpl line or something you you realize that yeah there's something terrifically wrong and you want to do something for them or when i talk about water scarcity you know we all talk about saving water and all of it but we know that tomorrow when we open the tap we have water with us you know so that that's uh, you know so for but for mukhada once the rains have gone so right now i'm talking about right now people are spending their entire nights to procure just two or three pots of water okay or they are they are walking distances they are walking kilometers to get water and the worst part is there are some villages which does not have any storage of water so people have to dug holes near a stream okay or a uh, or a pond and actually take the muddy water so they wait for the mud to settle down they they take a katori and then they fill the water this is the kind of conditions that you see and you and then obviously i i and rahul both were moved uh, on this aspect and then we decided that let's uh, continue working for the people here then in 2017 we started our own organization with our own staff with our own people and uh, it was a very happy moment for us uh, and right now we have completed 3 years of work uh, with our new organization also no but it's beautiful because i know it you know and mukhara is such a beautiful place to visit i mean uh, the first time i came i was i was just in love with the what a beautiful place it is it is so green it is so beautiful of course you're right that the that the uh, places are all spaced out so much and and there's so much of distance between each house and maybe the wells and so on and yes that made me wonder actually when i was there distributing the notebooks with to the school that you sent me to it took so much time for me to reach the school and the school is of course very close to the uh, the settlement 
from where the children come but it still gave uh, it really troubled me that there is so much of uh, you know distance for them to travel to get little little things you know yeah. for themselves i mean you're doing wonderful work from educating children solar power projects to save drinking water education livelihood now i want to ask a little about each of the projects just a little about each of the projects yeah. start with your projects for the tribals in mokhada and jawar also uh, actually mokhada is a tribal area it is uh, uh, it has 92% of tribal population so when you actually move into village it is 100% of tribal population and uh, uh, most important is if you see any tribal area of maharashtra it is uh you know it has certain issues uh persistent issues like it will have malnutrition it has issues of connectivity like the road connectivity also accessibility there are many villages which get disconnected during monsoons due to the rivers or roads there are still many villages which do not have connecting roads electricity is a is in a dismal you know we still have uh, villages which have no electricity even now okay though the number is reduced it is very minimal but yes that there still exist such villages with no electricity or connecting roads uh, then we also have a, a low rate of literacy low rate of uh, health indicators definitely uh, so all of these factors are uh, uh, you know health us frame an integrated approach that we are working on today so when we uh, started working on we we uh, were sure that we don't want to work only on one issue because the problems are so complex you know like uh, a person who a family who do not have a livelihood opportunity for example uh, will have reduced health indicators will have to migrate okay so will will not be a beneficiary to the government schemes that the government is spending so it, it it all multiplies or imagine a woman who staying almost 30 kilometers away from a health sector from a health center now for her to come to the hospital in labor it is very difficult she has to be carried on to a dolly okay so all these things multiplies because of the geographic conditions social conditions so we came up with an integrated approach where right now we are working on health education livelihood under livelihood we are working for water and agriculture development and good governance so these are the four aspects that we are working for and under every aspect uh, we see that a village we enter a village by mapping the issues of that particular village so there is a whole exercise where we stay in the village we understand what are the issues of the village we list them down we also list the resources of the village which is very important okay so we do that and then we develop a plan of action for the coming 3 years to 5 years once we start implementing that we also see to it that some indicators help us in a way that once you know there might be a time when we will move out that moving out that phasing out is also planned while making the you know the uh, the plan for implementation and this is how we work on all four aspects so so water becomes our entry point in many villages because i let me tell you out of 226 villages 201 village record water scarcity 
Okay, so uh, if that is the case, then water becomes a entry point for us. We start with water, but then we ask people to not to get into child marriages. We ask people to study. We ask girls to study. Okay, we also ask the farmers to start cultivating because now the water has come in. We help them not to migrate anymore, which helps the family to be stable over there, and you know. So the health indicators, the education indicators, automatically improve, and that is something that keeps us going in Mukhara. That a family changes, okay, a life changes, and these changes are so long-lasting, and that's why we call it sustainability. Okay, so maybe we are not supporting the farmer to farm. Like initially, we do support him to with okay. the input costs, with the marketing strategy. But after three to four years, we don't support him. But he still continues to sell vegetable. I think that is something which we feel that you know we have achieved. No, you should say you're right because everything is interconnected. If you yeah. say water, then livelihood, then agriculture, then education. It's not that you you know when people talk about sustainable development. For me, I and you're absolutely right. Every aspect has to be in sync. Otherwise, yeah. you address one and you forget about the second one. You're not really actually helping them to uh, you know to be to be have a good life. So I really love that, you know. And you said in, uh, that's what you. I think uh, this uh, what you're doing: integrated village development along with Chirag Rural Development Foundation. Yes. That's what you're doing, right? Yes. So and then there's something. Yeah. yeah. Tell me. So this is one aspect of it, but there are certain things you know which we have to do on a concurrent basis. So a village, you know, village definitely will go. At least we say that you know right now there are at least three generations behind us. So we want to give a spur of development in a very planned manner. Once that happens, then the village starts moving. Every village moves at its pace, but it does start moving. Okay. but there are certain activities like the notebook donation you mentioned now these are certain activities that we have to keep doing every year because government is not giving us notebooks okay to the jilla parishad schools to the schools where uh, which are run by the jilla parishad notebooks are not covered they are, they are only getting the textbooks and midday meals uh, when we started with the notebook donation we remember that the teachers were happy and the students were happy to get the homework i mean you know <laughs> that 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 such a emotional reaction that now we can go home and study also because because now we have those resources with us so there are certain things which might be concurrent which uh, which might be you know to be done every year so uh, these things definitely uh, are also a part of our work that's yeah. wonderful because you know yes i agree with you because uh, the government will do as much as it can because it yeah. has got a lot to do and so there is somewhere where we also need to step in and we are stepping in with these little yeah. little uh, yearly yeah. annual uh, you know supports that we can do but now right. you there is something called campaign jasmine <laughs> it's really yeah. interesting what is campaign jasmine all about <laughs> so campaign jasmine uh, bolki shara some of our uh, very recent initiatives with the gandhas varaj foundation i'll just take you through them so campaign jasmine is uh, 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 we just came up with this because uh, jasmine so basically mokhara and jawhar has a favorable climate for floriculture 
okay so uh, uh, and jasmine is a very good uh, uh, crop in terms of economic returns so, so it's a good cash crop um, we then thought of that why not form women groups you know then uh, because it's, uh, uh, instead of again going with uh, so we are doing vegetables and other things also but then we specifically thought especially for the women where we are working right now and reducing the time of procuring water so we are working in villages where we are giving them water lifting okay so the time to uh, uh, you know uh, get their water earlier was maybe 4 hours 5 hours has been reduced to maybe 15 minutes so they have wow. this, yeah so they have this kind of uh, time now which we thought then why not translated into a economic activity and then we thought let's you know let's just use what resources we have so we have a good climate for floriculture we have a good market for uh, mogra so we started a campaign jasmine where we are supporting women um, in our area uh, and we are we want to give them only 200 jasmine and out of that 200 jasmine within 6 mm -hmm. months they will start earning a income of rupees uh, 8000 to 10000 minimal Okay, and this will go on till twelve years. So a jasmine crop huh? once planted goes on till twelve years. The lifespan of a jasmine sapling is twelve years. Oh, so, one jasmine sapling is twelve yes, years. Twelve so years. So you give them two hundred. Uh, you are giving them two hundred saplings. Correct, correct, correct. So it will go on. So that income is stable income for for almost. you know 12 years and obviously once they start earning from it what they are going to do is multiply the number of jasmine plants i mean that's logic that's something that we all will do so that's why we want the women farmers to be empowered to campaign jasmine and the cost uh, to support one woman is around 3000 rupees once like it once so uh, by giving them these uh, 200 jasmines so we have a agriculture team so importantly we started the fpo just one year back with an intention to provide market to the farmers within the block itself so now they don't have to approach mumbai to look out for the market the fpo will do it for them you know so so that that's the bridging that and that's the uh, structures that we are building in mukhala so that you know it it can be developed from a wholesome perspective the pandemic obviously uh, has we have all agreed that it has taught us both some good some bad things okay and uh, one one thing uh, pandemic has has done is uh, it has reflected or helped us to reflect upon the huge gap that we have between the rural and urban areas or again between those who are accessible to uh, cities and those who are not okay so just to highlight that let me tell you that i have a daughter who speaks and she also accesses online education where yeah, all the children are all the like children actually all the children are accessible yeah. yes in fact uh, yeah in fact sometimes we feel that whether we really should be sending her or no because it's too small for that but at the same time uh, a, a child in standard 10 also in mukhada is not being able to to access the online education or the benefits of education right now due to the pandemic the schools are completely shut down okay and nothing is helping them out because there are there is no range 
there is no network okay uh, people don't have smartphones it's a luxury for them okay and even if you donate smartphone chalo so kahin se kar bhi liya to bhi network hi nahi hai you know so is tarike se hum you know the, the challenge was really difficult for us to even think of that how uh, how are we going to bridge this gap uh, so a student in a city is going to definitely uh, uh, going to get access to online education in fact parents are thinking about how to reduce the screen time whereas here we were thinking about how to even help them access the whole gamut of education you know which is just like now they are just out of it for this 9 months you know like right from march so then we came up with this idea of bolki shala uh, where we uh, started doing voice overs where we took down some downloaded material we put it on a pen drive we gave a speaker to a village and then uh, the school started okay so that's a school that's a talking school a speaking school the speaker so, so we how a, how do you do that uh, shraddha i mean so uh, you uh, you get the uh, lessons recorded and then yes, you they yes. uh, are they are uh, uh, showcased on a speaker and the children speaker. sit and listen to it yes, yes. when we started yeah. when we even thought of this you know it was it was really difficult for us even to visualize whether the children would really like the loud speaker and would really obey the loud speaker you know they don't obey teachers at times so not having a animator at all and to just to have a speaker uh, in front of them surrounded by a uh, you know various uh, students with uh, different age groups and then the speaker directing them and then they listening to the speaker was something that even was difficult for us to visualize so we we did a very interactive voice over so we have given pauses we have asked the students to repeat after us so that you know uh, that uh, whatever they are learning goes in sync uh, gets synced uh, into uh, 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 into their brains so and the whole idea is to keep them connected to education to keep them connected to reading writing skills that they have you know and the teachers have taken pains to actually get them to this level whatever they are and this 9 months 10 months would obviously bring them down at least to some levels so we try to do that and we are very uh, happy that uh, the world economic forum the japan tv national television all the indian channels uh, and the local newspaper have covered it and we are very thankful to thomson and reuters which which actually gave the first coverage so uh, so all of this uh, 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 efforts were appreciated and most important is that children love it so that that's that's something that uh, you know so the children wait for the 8 o'clock 8 o'clock the speaker is brought by our karyakartas and the children are actually waiting with notebooks textbooks and then they listen for an hour and go back so we have divided lessons into three one is for pre pre primary 3 to 6 then is for uh, for to fourth standard and then fourth to seventh we couldn't include it to 10th because it requires animator that requires somebody's help so unfortunately we couldn't get that uh, done uh, at this level but at least but i'm happy that even the 8 9 student comments it and uh, they they do their work so that's the school which was lacking is actually brought in by bolki shaya and we have been able to reach to around 3000 students by now 
but that this needs to be replicated in i think in probably every region of our country and uh, mm-hmm. i don't know how uh, it is not yet uh, you know been asked of you because this is a brilliant idea to you know to yeah. to think about you know there was this time when these gopos used to go around uh, yeah. proclaiming things <laughs> and in the village this is something that is very natural it's not yeah. something that it's something unusual for uh, people in the village because this yeah. is a very simple yeah. of uh, I mean, it's yeah. a beautiful idea, you know. And fact, uh, yeah, I, in fact, we thought of a bhopu. You know, like we were wanting to call it a bhonga shara, okay, bhonga, because that that was that was a concept earlier. But with the bhongas, again, we were worried about the bad electricity that we have in the villages. So therefore, we came up with this uh, battery-operated speaker, which can be charged and it has a battery uh, life of almost seven to eight hours. And and let me tell you that these are all being run by individual, uh, you know, uh, donors. Uh, so you know, all these we have got more than sixty uh, speakers right now, and all of them have been donated by different individuals and. all from all throughout the world in fact you know so uh, i'm very happy that every uh, body is uh, taking the bit of responsibility of educating the students in the disconnected part and bridging the gap between between students you know no but this is a beautiful concept this bolki shala is a beautiful concept and when i when i heard about it i was you know i wanted to know more of course and uh, i think shraddha you and um, your husband are doing great work when it comes to you know thinking up new ideas to you know how to continue your work despite all the challenges that you face but all these years i have been staying in mukhada and jawhar and uh, uh, you know that has helped me create a bond with the people so when we talk to people and tell them that you know uh, i think you know the only thing that we aspire from you is to prevent child marriage or is to prevent alcoholism uh, you know they they agree to it uh, we have we are very glad that we have got almost 17 hamlets not villages but 17 hamlets who have passed the anti child resolutions uh, uh, because of us so Uh, Jayu, who's our, uh, you know, one of our staff member who leads the health program, she is like a torch bearer for them because she also is a tribal, okay, and she comes from a community where the age of marriage is somewhere between fourteen to fifteen, and she got married married after her post graduation. So she herself is an example, you know, and I think, uh, uh, you know, that that uh, that uh, brings in the part. you know if she can do it then you know why why can't we so it's more than me sometimes it's her which uh, you know all the staff that we have they are all tribals they are all from the people so you know there are times when we have to we, we have to help the tribals challenge their own social customs okay uh, like uh, um, so this actually a, a little bit of detract but you know like i want to tell you this that uh, you know the, uh, in their community uh they don't feed the women immediately after delivery for 5 days uh, what yeah Why? they are kept 5 days they are kept on liquid now that's the time when the women's body need the most of nutrition uh you know there's one more uh, thing that happens that during pregnancy also they are not fed much now the whole idea behind that was because they did not approach the formal medical uh, systems for health till the 90s you know which is like now 
okay and till that time they did not uh, go for a formal institutional delivery in that case the diet would you know suggest from the mother's point of view that if the baby is really bulky she can't push the baby out on her own so then the baby has to be kept small and that led to chronic malnutrition which still persists okay so so we have to challenge those uh, uh, those ideas those customs and you know that then you sutila who are our staff members who are also tribal they help us find the way out of okay so But they, that's very unique yes. that's very unique sadda i never knew that there was there was these kind of customs also yes. and it is yes. i come to know about these how do we how do we help people yes. and it's wonderful what you're doing i mean to think that a woman is kept uh, you know hungry and yes. uh, put on a liquid diet just so that the child delivery is much easier because of yes. no access to health uh, facilities is, it's amazing yes. to hear so that's what you know uh, that's what uh, we we actually that's what when we go over there when we see the things for ourselves you know uh, there are times when uh, you you of course uh, you know you feel very bad about it and it's very obvious to get emotional but uh, what is more important is how you come back it how you move out of it because it's so uh, it's so complicated because uh, you know even you and me will will take what my mother what my mother in law has gone through you know that that's that's something that you take as a new mother or as a new pregnant woman everybody or for anything and you you have to now tell this woman that don't follow this it's very difficult you know for her as a woman also to take the decision and make it happen or even the decision of not having multiple pregnancy so i have seen women with 12 to 18 children in that case we have yes in that case 18 children okay but obviously then we have the number of mortality cases uh, high see the things are changing now the right now uh, the women are definitely getting educated and uh, the sudden yes. preference is obviously one of the reason which uh, leads into multiple pregnancies but with all of this you know you have to still continue uh, working with it and then while working if you have somebody from the tribal community telling the tribals that you know this is this is what you don't do because see i have also not done it and then maybe the results are different so i think you know the strength of our organization is definitely the staff that has been recruited from the tribal community and has been trained to help that change process happen but that just goes to show shraddha that they are so disconnected from the main uh, uh, yes. you know the main scheme of yeah, life that they don't yes. cannot even yeah because i'm sure that television is something that wouldn't be there probably they may not be even getting information that where right. the world has progressed and so right. this you actually have to go there to yes. teach them that uh, you know the world has changed and you need to change Correct. too उटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरेंटरे
so she can do whatever but we will not follow her you know because then the difference is there but when when we and out stayed with them so that whole thing brought a kind of trust brought a kind of confidence uh, 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 about us and therefore the they start listening or they start adhering to what uh, we are wanting to even tell them at least listening you know <laughs> adhering is no no because we we are here no no but yeah. it goes to show it goes to show that because if you sit down with them and talk to them as right. one and instead right. of just preaching to them you know then it it's definitely going to work you know if somebody says i want to do social work or i want to do i want to help somebody it's always financial help so tell me how can somebody contribute towards sustainable rural development projects how do you think how do you view this uh see so uh, i'm sure that you know while uh, some people are seeing or will see this later would uh, you know would say that you know so these two have just uh, left the cities and gone there and so you know it's not possible for everybody uh, uh yeah of course and you know uh, not that uh, everybody has to do it also uh, but uh, more important is that uh, you know what i feel is the rural mm-hmm. development is really a planned uh, process okay so uh, benevolence is a part of it you know like definitely to have a good heart and to do something for the people uh, is definitely required but we need we you know times have changed and we have to understand now that this is a process of development which has to be planned accordingly okay which which has to have a certain indicators which ha- which which has to have certain measurable indicators and it's it's basically a skill like like we have somebody putting up a project okay like we have engineers doing their work like we have uh, chartered accountants doing their work they have a set of rules to follow they have certain uh, certain deadlines to follow you know it, the rural development is uh, should be treated uh, in the same way it's very important to look at rural development from a different perspective not from a benevolent uh, perspective ki garib hai unko kuch to de do ye ye attitude se hame hatkar aage sochna bahut zaruri ho gaya hai to get a sustainable change uh, in the society and i feel that uh, you know what is lacking over here is the uh, the technical know how the expertise the skills okay the resources are different the resources in cities and the resources in villages are different okay but the handling of resources can be taught to them i know villages which has water ample amount of water and the villagers are still migrating into somebody else's farm as laborers because they don't know how to use the lifting of water technology they don't know what to do with that water once water comes in yeah that the the awareness level they don't know about marketing they don't know about basics like bookkeeping so i would appeal to all of all of us you know who are who are city bred who have the access to getting uh, new skills new opportunities new technical know how your skills and expertise are something that will change the rural scenario more than the funds okay so now is the time when we really come up and uh, play that role if if you if you understand mm-hmm. uh, 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 something like uh, keeping accounts do help the farmer groups do help the sgs do that 
you know help them help them maintain their accounts uh, efficiently if you if you are an engineer if you understand uh, civil uh, come and help us uh, building a civil uh, uh, the bunds uh, the, the which we are building over there we are, we are doing civil work if you are in uh, if you are in uh, you know interior designer or an architect help us build very lively schools so that the children can access that and mm-hmm. you know uh, be happy about it while they are going so it, it it's a room which is actually leaking okay and uh, and that's that's what they call it a school if somebody comes in and just decorates it the school will be such a lively place for the students to go in and it it is it also means using your own skills for the students you know so what i'm trying to say is, is more from uh, the finances financial part what we all need we also as an organization we need skills we need expertise from you all which are so connected to the city which are so connected to the development the developed world so uh, we all uh, can come together and you know bridge that gap what i feel is that you know the opportunities can be different in cities and in rural areas what has to be there is the equality of it everybody at least should have a equal opportunity you know so a city bred might have a equal opportunity to get job to get educated then a farmer should have a equal opportunity to farm and sell his produce so that equality of opportunity has to persist and we all can uh, you know dream for that world someday so it's very simple shraddha what i feel from what i've just heard you say it's very simple we all take our annual holidays don't we so yeah. <laughs> 15 days even if we go and uh, you know maybe uh, do up a classroom or just teach something i think that uh, that in itself will be the will be enough to uh, you know to help people as you said to become self sufficient you know yes. if i yes. can come for 15 years i don't have to spend my whole life there or like you and rahul i don't have to live in mukada and you know i i may also give money but the, apart from the money i may if i can spend some time maybe a few days with you all you know or with the with the people like you who are working in the rural and maybe give a bit of our expertise i think it is it is going to be a big value add and yes. to you all and to our community and that would be real social work definitely definitely and i'm sure that there would be people who would want to uh, still say that you know uh, uh, what about the funding aspect then we have a a website where you can uh, look at those details also <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yes, yes, of course, Radha. And I'm glad you know that uh, people should donate. It's not that people should not donate, but people yeah. who can donate should donate. But people who have expertise should spread their wings Correct. and uh, you know uh, share their expertise. Yes. Thank you, Shweta. This was an absolute, absolute, uh, you know, eye-opener conversation, and I'm sure that people are going to, uh, when they're going to listen to this, they're going to be really understanding uh, much more about our rural India than we probably ever, you know, thought about. So, thank you very much for sparing your time and talking to me. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this platform, also because we are so much into Mukhada. and uh, as i told you that there's so many issues of connectivity and things like that we hardly come to bombay at times we have almost left bombay <laughs> so uh, we of course need platforms we of course need people who talk about us who come and visit us do come and visit us uh, at mukhara see the work for yourself see the people 
uh, for yourself and you know so that even uh, makes a lot of dif- uh, difference and it encourages us that we are somewhere away 150 kilometers from mumbai 3 hours away but at least somebody is sparing that time to come mm-hmm. and meet us and tell us that okay you know uh, we should be doing this so uh, yeah i thank i thank you and i thank all of the people who have made diganta swaraj foundation possible uh, with uh, along with our farmers our women our children and our staff <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Shraddha. This was this yes. was really interesting, and uh, I wish you more power. And uh, I am okay. really, as I said, I really love the work that you do. We may not talk often, but I'm glad we spoke today. Yeah. And I hope that I can come back soon to Mokhara and Jawar and uh, yeah. do something there again. Yes, yes. We are waiting for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. to share this conversation because then people will understand what they can actually do to help and that is very important for each one of us financial help is fine but sparing a little time to actually help you know to help people to uh, upgrade themselves to upskill themselves is indeed social work so it's very simple all we need to do is take out a little time and go and share a bit of our expertise with them and or if you as i said if you can't do anything become the bridge become a connector and that is what i try to do most of the time is connect people so that people with expertise can get connected to somebody who needs it and that in itself is social service if you've enjoyed listening to this episode how about joining me to tell your story join me write to me connect on hira meta 13@gmail.com and we shall talk and until next time namaste